everybody it's Phoenicia here again with another episode of the unconventional christian podcast this is a great day and by the time you all hear this podcast it will definitely be thursday but we are recording on the day of my birthday so this is very special to me and the person that i'm about to have this amazing conversation with is one of the many women who have sown into my life in many ways and i'm excited to get into this conversation with her so today's guest is Dr. Michelle DeSalle. She is an educator, oratory trainer, and transformational speaker. She is also the author of I Speak, which is a compelling book that is a step-by-step guide to showing individuals how to find their stolen voice after trauma and misfortune. So everyone, welcome to the mic, the one and only Dr. Michelle DeSalle. Hi, Dr. DeSalle. Hello, dears. How are you? Great. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, I'm going to start with this segment that I call This or That. So it's going to be a warm-up icebreaker for the Saints. So we can get acquainted, so we can, you know, let our shoulders down a little bit, ask a few little this or that scenarios and see what are some things that Dr. Mm-hmm. Bell likes and some things she may not particularly have a little taste for. So okay. the first things first, it's going to be a music, this or that. So I know you're familiar with these songs. So Ribbon in the Sky or Love Holiday? Ribbon in the Sky. Okay. Greece or the Maldives? Greece. Mm. Stella got her groove back or waiting to exhale? I can't choose between the two. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot. That's my my stuff right there. That's my stuff right there. (laughs) Okay. So we potato pie or pecan pie? Pecan pie. Yes, yes, indeed. Sula or the bluest eye? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I ain't put a lot of these church people. (laughs) It's hard for me to pick between the two, so I understand. Grits with sugar or grits with salt? Girl, I have to have them with sugar and butter. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so deep from the south. <laughs> yes, I am here for it. So here for it. Yes, ma'am. Okay, this is okay. Tony Morrison or Nikki Giovanni? Tony. A life with love and peace or wealth and abundance? I'm gonna have to pick a little bit out of both of those. <laughs> <laughs> I want good loving, I want peace of mind, and I need a little change on the side. I need some change with that, too. So I'm going to have to tailor make my answer, all right? I love it. A little bit of both. Yes, ma'am. So that was it for the this or that. So now that we're all warmed up, let's go ahead and jump into this next segment, okay? And we're going to get into this book, I Speak. <laughs> so what inspired this book? What inspired I Speak? Well, to be very, very honest, I, this vision 
dream, calling, was put in my spirit in 2017. And um, because it's a journey that I've taken and stolen voices, hidden voices, and um, it's something that we can all relate to. So many of us can relate to. It's kind of like a functioning alcoholic, if you will. They're still going to work every day. They're family men and women. They're taking care of, you know, uh, business and everything. But when they're home, they're real. They're then sitting with all of the demons, all of the misfortune and everything. And so is it with a person that has been emotionally and mentally, you know, we, we're just functioning through life, but we're broken people. We are not authentic. We're not speaking our truth, but we, we look good while we're doing what it is that we do. We're just showing up. And so being in the classroom of an HBCU, so many students came across my path. And when I would you know, be teaching speech or whatever, no one had ever been interested in hearing really what they had to say. So they were mortified. And then there were so many mind-blowing stories when I could get them to a place to know that they're in a safe place, right? And so helping them not just to learn the mechanics of a speech, but then genuinely tuning into, I really want to know what you have to say. I really care about you having a safe space in which to say it. And so it was beyond the curriculum. And, but I'm looking at these students that are really me, right? Because I'm functioning, I'm teaching you. I mean, you admire what I do, but you have no idea how I arrived at this place, right? And so then there were students like you and many others, Oh, Dr. DeSalle, you're such a strong woman. Oh, I just want to be so much like you. And I'm like, I'm going to have to be transparent. And I'm going to have to do a little self-disclosure because that's important. Because you needed to understand, just like every young Black man, every young Black woman, they need to know that um, these people were broken. Some of them still are broken. They're showing up. And so I began to just, you know, share with some of, you know, the young ladies that were saying that to me and, and I needed them to know that um, what it takes to be a Dr. DeSalle or anybody else that you admire, you have no idea what that backstory is. And so I began to just explain to them, you know, that the journey, the, the, the hardships, the, the abuse, all of those things. And, and but that was sharing it with a few people. I needed to be courageous enough to say it to the world and actually heal. And that's what inspired I Speak. I needed to be transparent enough to trust the world with my truth so that I can help be a change agent and a healing agent for other people. Wow, see, okay. And when you said the whole um, wanting to live your life but you don't know what it took, mm -hmm get there so it's funny because I actually heard a sermon and I can never I can never remember this man's name but he's an associate pastor with Pastor Hannah at New Life 
and typically said do not try to covenant anyone else's life because you don't know the hell that they went through to get there absolutely so for sure if you're not ready to endure that type of hell or endure those type of circumstances or whatever and Truth be told, no one ever deals with the same exact circumstance. Right. So there's no way you're going to end up in the same place as the person that you're looking up to, rather. I mean, your role is always going to be different. Exactly. But people just always, you know, assume, well, you know, my mentor did this and these are the steps that they took. So I'm going to do the same exact thing. But that same thing can take you out. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Don't covet the glory if you're not willing to live the story yes that's it honey <laughs> y'all can do with that what you will <laughs> that's it that's a word right there so speaking of that now let's jump into this this is the very first chapter of your book and it's entitled frankly speaking mm -hmm. so me and you have already had a conversation about frankly speaking and frankly speaking is really kind of like the foundation of this podcast so right. being candid in a conversation is not holding anything back and not worrying about what people are saying mm -hmm. about that getting rid of the outer voices and paying attention to the inner you yes. so with frankly speaking you mentioned this polished poly so, and you also mentioned, you know, when people show up into rooms, but are you really present as the real you? So, Polished Polly, who is this person and how does she fit into the frankly speaking? Polly, polished Polly is the person that can mask impeccably. Mm -hmm. Polished Polly, she can speak the part, she mm -hmm. can look the part. She can demonstrate a position of healing, of wholeness. Of, I have it all together. Don't you worry about me. I'm good, right? And she will lend herself to helping others find their greatness and all of that. And they rely on her to do that. She's that person. She's resourceful. She's got the answers. And no one is going to assume that Polished Polly has anything wrong. And so when Polished Polly shows up, she is um, she has created an aura that even when she is broken, no one's going to believe that. No one's going to ever think that she's broken. And so then when she is, she's that person that rarely has anyone to come to her aid because no one would expect for her to be fragile, you see? And so that was me. That's who I was. I, I mean, you know, we, we are born, so many of us are born with the perfect um, tools to mask, you see, the perfect tools. And so this is, you know, who Polished Polly is and so many, people. I've just described you, you, you know, I've just described so many people. And, uh, and while I'm saying that most times the church created her for him. So the church um, 
creates these people that are, I'm saved all day. No evil have I done, right? And so it's, um, you would be surprised at the, the real truth about, you know, situations in the church. You think they want to hear when you're in trouble. Not really. Because if you take your troubles to the church, that means if you're broken, you cannot fulfill the duty of the church. Help me somebody. Now, when you, um, it's not always that safe haven that you can run to, right? And so that's why so many of us as Christians, we cry in the dark. Because all of the things that I endured um, most of my life with the trauma and the abuse and everything, I was, a, I was a member of a church, had been a member of a church since I was a child. So where did I, where, where, where could I run? So I, I was the, the young girl, I was well-spoken. So, hey, when she learned how, when she learned how to give her a Easter speech, let her do the announcement, let her sing. Oh, oh, you can, you can, oh, let's give her a license to teach and preach. So you're supposed to always have it together. Mm -mm. And so I needed to destroy my polished poly because I needed to know who I was. I know how I look. But who the hell am I? Who am I? Because I'm walking around with secrets, with shame, darkness, and I've been hurting a long time. And so if no one's comfortable hearing when I'm broken, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write about it. And I'm going to go through the journey. And I'm going to go through the healing. I'm going to close myself up in my house and I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to cry. I'm going to pick up the phone and make some phone calls. I'm gonna confront some people. I'm going to release some things and I'm going to, to forgive, not because I like your ass, but because I need to be free. Okay, you can ask the next question. <laughs> I was just waiting on it. I was waiting. She gonna cuss like in the next couple of minutes. I, was, I just knew it. I was waiting, okay? And that there uh -huh. is. So that means she warmed up, y'all. She ready. So these next couple of segments, <laughs> she gonna be talking. You know, okay. you know, you know. I try to be good. <laughs> we love it. We love it. So okay. Now speaking of your moving forward and you're getting rid of this polished poly, mm -hmm. you're moving away from that, and now you're putting the voice with this mask that you've been wearing. And you're telling the people, you know, exactly how it feels and what you've gone through and things like that. So we're going to move forward to speaking on movement and addressing the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So mm -hmm. with that, how do we move from now we've moved from polished poly. Now we're moving into addressing the imposter syndrome. So is there really, is there a difference between the two? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I would think so. Um, so I started this segment off, I speak on movement um, with a quote that I originated. And it says, how does one flourish 
and not befall dissent. It is simple by engaging in movement. Now, it's just like when I made the decision that I had to be the saver of myself. Because only when you come to a place of realization that this situation no longer suits me. This mask has become very uncomfortable for me. And you can think it, you can hope for it, you can wish for it, but it's never gonna happen unless you move towards it. So you're gonna have to speak it, right? So I spoke it. I had to commit to myself to wanting to be healed, to wanting to be helped. And we're always our very first advocate towards getting help. We have to help ourselves, right? So, um, and I started this segment, as I slept one morning, a friend said, nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. Oh, I don't mind dreaming. It's something we must all have, right? The trouble is how we make those dreams come true. Dream the impossible dream, dream big and make all your dreams come true. What a grand idea and a hell of a lot of pressure. We desire to do well in our spiritual, personal and professional life. However, in the world we live in, it's easy to feel we just don't measure up. Feeling stuck and low on confidence can shatter your sense of achievement. We are severely infected with the social media virus, prostituting ourselves for likes and floating hearts. We are drowning in timelines and news speeds for countless hours a day. How could one possibly focus on tending to their own needs and aspirations? At the end of the day, that overdose of social media leaves you feeling feelings of inadequacy and disappointment in oneself. Now you are comparing your achievements or lack thereof with someone else's, tormenting yourself, asking, why them and not me? I tell you why. They are engaged in movement. They moved, started, and pushed until something happened. Indeed, social media is the way of the world now. Like, comment, and share. Without discipline, it is an emotional train wreck waiting to happen. And so I think about that aspect. This is where most of us are stuck. This is where most of us, our dreams are lost, our ambitions are shot when we're in this stage that I just read about. And so all of us have fell victim to it. And so when I um, was thinking about 
you know, this fix that I needed for myself. That's one of the things that I had to take a diet of, okay? It's like you cannot move towards your goals constantly watching someone else's someone else achieve theirs. Hard work goes into establishing a career or building a successful business, planning permits, writing, training, designing, and the like, all of which cannot get done strolling a newsfeed. Those movements were not for the gram. They were for the goddamn. This is hard. You're getting pissed off looking at a finished product. The blood, sweat, and tears you were not privy to see. This type of movement makes grit and intention doing something with a goal in mind because we are easily distracted. Many of us need to go on a social media diet. Cut back or remove it altogether. Goals require strategic movement. The most powerful characteristic of strategic movement involves commitment, strict, credible commitment, meaning once it is employed, you must follow through. So I was knowing that there was something beyond what I was doing every day. I was aware that I had to do something different. I had to um, invest that time in my emotional and mental uh, well-being. And in anything, whether it's a career, whether it's, um, you know, uh, your, your job, your aspirations, everything has to take a movement towards your emotional and your mental health. This particular podcast that we're, you know, that, that you have um, originated, it had to come from a place of a depletion that you were feeling in your personal life, right? And um, I, I started feeling inauthentic, if you will, because you know nobody knew that stuff. I mean, when I wrote um, this book, all of my friends from home that thought they knew me were shocked. We're very shocked. And so um, when you talk about movement and when you talk about the imposter syndrome, they are very, very different, very different things. And so I just felt it was important to write this segment about movement because I need everybody that feels that they have something on the inside of them that is bursting, that is, you know, scratching your insides to be born, to be created, to, to, um, to use your voice, to save whatever portion of the world that you have influence in. When you have that, but you feel paralyzed and you can't move and you are, you're suffering from the paralysis of analysis. You can't move because you're just analyzing things to death. You can't get stuck in the analytical stage because you become paralyzed. Those dreams and those aspirations will never come into fruition if you don't move. But there's a strategy towards movement. You can't waste away looking at somebody else move. You can't 
beat yourself up, you are attacking your self-esteem. You're telling yourself that I'm not worthy enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm not brave enough. But you're looking at somebody else and getting agitated because you're seeing them do it. I need you to know this one thing. They were just as paralyzed and fearful as you were. They were going through the same things that you're feeling. They were strolling somebody else's news feed one day feeling inadequate too. This isn't something new. We all suffer it. But we have to figure out how to initiate the movement aspect of it, you know? And so um, the commitment that I said, the most strategic a movement involves a commitment, strict, credible commitment. And then once you do that, you don't have a choice but to follow through. And here's the key to following through. While you're on that news feed and you're looking at those people, get crazy and push that button that says um, <laughs> on Facebook or whatever it is, you know, um, you know, what do you want to say? And just say, I'm going to start X, Y, and Z. Speak it because now once you put it out there in the universe, you have to follow through. Now you have to be accountable. So you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't look want, want to look like a loser or a quitter. So what are you going to do? I'm going to then uh, call and see if I can make an appointment at the county clerk's office and get that DBA, right? Right. I'm going to um, start the blog. You're going to do something. And that's the most powerful tool is opening up your mouth. And, and it's, it's beyond saying it to yourself. You got to say it to all the people that's looking because then now they're looking for it. Now they're expecting for you to do something. And in a good way, allow, the, allow that audience to be your advocates. Mm. Allow them to be what's going to inspire you, what's going to push you. Because it, it's going to be a whole lot of people that's looking that, that don't give a hill of beans about you. Right. That part doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. They're in the audience and you don't have a choice but to follow through. You can't let your audience down. So, okay. Now you said, go ahead, step out there and do it. And when you put it out there, now people are watching and they're holding you accountable for getting this done out of you said it. So yes. let's speak about the premature announcements. Mm -hmm. So when you're making this announcement, this means that you've done a little bit of the groundwork, you got a plan together, and you're not just throwing stuff together and putting it out there, and you mm -hmm. know that God ain't released you yet. So mm -hmm. let's talk about set. So doing the premature thing, making the premature announcements and preventing that, making sure that you're actually ready to do this, because once people see the message and once they see that you're doing something, they always going to ask, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? And okay. it's pressure. So okay. now you put yourself out there and now you've made this pressure to do something. So okay. yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. So to prevent this in the next segment, it says make your goals visible and create a vision board. Mm -hmm. I do a vision board. Mm -hmm. I certainly do. And, um, 
would you make certain that you have, you know, make a visual tool of an, of accountability? You can see it because that's real to you, right? That's real to you. So when you make that announcement, words are important. How you put that announcement out there, right? So don't say, oh, I'm about to start me a podcast next week. I'll be ready. No. Mm -mm. Use. <laughs> this is the way you would say this. Hey, guys. I just want you to know that I have a strong desire and a need in my heart to do a podcast on blah, blah, blah. And in the near future, I'm going to be putting things together. So I want you to be praying for me and stay tuned for what's next because I'm counting on you to give me inspiration. You say it like that. You haven't given a date. You haven't given a time. All you've done is that you put it in the universe. And you have said, hold on and wait for me. So then that gives you time to go. If, if you got to get off that call, then then if you got to put that start putting that vision board together and um, making, you know, making those real things. I mean, now you can make a list. OK, this week I'm going to get my I'm going to get my DBA next week. I'm going to be working on my logo. Next week, I'm going to be, you know, uh, you know, calling the right people and blah, blah, blah. Then that gives you time. Don't set yourself up for failure by putting out too many details out there when time may not allow you to do that if you give that date. So it's always wording is very, very powerful, very meaningful. And it's the best tool you can use if you know how to use those words. That's good. So y'all out there who are listening to this, when you have that business idea, when you have that podcast, like she said, there's a way that you can announce things to make it known to people that it's coming, mm -hmm. but you're still giving yourself time to work on it and work out the kinks that you need to work out before you put this out there. Because I'm telling you, the saints will come after you if stuff is not in order if they click that link and they want to purchase that t-shirt, but it says that the website is not available, they're going to talk about you. Mm -hmm. If you put out this podcast and it ain't got no substance behind it and you just sitting behind a mic and just talking, people not going to listen. So that's a good thing. When you announce things and you make sure that you tell people what they can expect, what's coming, then when they sit down and listen to you or when they buy something from you, they know that they're buying from a person who actually took the time to do the research and the work to get it done right. So that's good. That's a lesson. That's something that I definitely didn't have when I launched my first t-shirt line mm -hmm. because I'm not going to say I did it prematurely, but I definitely knew that I could have worked out a few more kinks before I put it out. Mm -hmm. And it was actually, I don't want to say someone like kind of pushed me to do it or forced me to do it prematurely, but someone actually like told me, why are you just sitting on this? Just push the button and make the, like make your store live. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, because then in that moment, I was like, okay, I was already having you know, these, these thoughts like, okay, well, when am I going to put it out there? When am I going to put it out there? Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm sitting on it. Designs are ready. Shirts are ready. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just, mm, today ain't the day. I'm going to wait until tomorrow. But no, mm -hmm. somebody was like, 
push that button and make it live. Right. And then I started having issues with shipping because yeah. I was on drop shipping and right. I never knew what it took to actually drop ship shirts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's another thing. Doing the research and knowing that when you are doing drop shipping, you're not actually putting your hands on the product. Someone else is producing your product for you mm-hmm. and they may not work at the same speed as you do. So when your shipping says four to six business days, but they don't get it until 12 days later, they're not looking at the drop shipper. They're looking at you. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that I had to learn that the hard way, but we all make mistakes. <laughs> and, it's, and and here's the thing. And it's like, you have, you know, we, when we have that zeal, but not according to knowledge, mm-hmm. it can trip us up. And gaining that knowledge, like you said, um, preparing yourself for what it is that you say you want to do. You you, you understand what I'm saying? So it's, you got to get that credibility. Mm -hmm. And um, so once you made that announcement, as the example that I gave you, you may need to get a certificate. You may need to do, you know, you know, prepare for whatever it is that you want to do, it may require you to do some work. It may, you know, require you, you know, to ready yourself for it. It's like what you said about the t-shirt thing or whatever. So what if you have to get a certificate? Why, while they're waiting, you're getting that training that you need, right? Yeah. You know, so, because you haven't given them a date. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I was writing I Speak, I would come on, I would come on and I would do little, little talks. And I started doing everything on my social media. I speak, blah, blah, blah. And I only, I, I only put my book on a vision board, April of 2020. So I would then started telling people, you know, it's going to be coming soon or whatever. I, you know, I cushioned myself so I wouldn't have people asking me. So when is the book coming? When is the book coming? When is the book coming? I would just, you know, I, I, I changed, um, the way I would go on social media. I started, you know, spitting the name of my book. Mm-hmm. I speak, you know, you know, um, perspective. You know, I speak, you know, um, healthy eating. I speak, you know, I, everything was I speak because they knew that was the title of my book to come. Right. So whenever it was time to launch, I speak was already in their heads because I've been talking about it while I was in the writing stages, right? right? And and so it took the pressure off of me because I didn't say the book is coming this year because what if something happened and I didn't finish that book in 2020, right? So I didn't set myself up, but it's coming. I don't know when I'm going to finish it because anything can happen that's going to delay right? You. Right. Because like I said, the idea was planted in my spirit. 2017, I was looking at notes in, in, in a journal, you know, in a journal that I, I kept in 2017. I wrote something about the I speak tour and I was writing all the things that I wanted to, you know, to include in the tour and all of that stuff mm-hmm. in 2017. But. I never announced to anybody except, uh, you know, uh, my best friend that, look, I had this idea. And so we're just working it out and I'm just jotting things down. You know, how this journal has been full 
and in a stack with other journals yeah. that I have filled up and put to the side. Yeah. Because it wasn't time for me to say anything about that. God just needed to plant the seed because other things needed to happen. Life, other life needed to happen before he then said, okay, it's time for you to do what I called you to do. And sometimes when you have this idea that God is putting, don't feel like a failure because at times I did. I'm like, but he gave me this and I mean, oh honey. And when he gave it to you, Ooh, it's going to be burning you inside your soul. And you thinking, oh, Lord, he want me to get on it right now. No, he just wants you to be excited about the idea because he's going to put that on the shelf. Right. And then you'll have these feelings of inadequacy because then this wasn't my, you know, I'd written a book before. And why did this feel different feeling go away? It just seemed like you had this hope and it just died out. You had this, you know, inspiration and it just died out. And then you're feeling like, you know, a failure and you want to just kind of force it. But then nothing you try, do or say will make it come into fruition until he says it's time. See, certain things that we do, it's born out of necessity, you see. There was no need for I speak in 2017 because what God knew God knew in 2020 that the pandemic was going to come. Michelle Bissell didn't know it. God knew that in 2020 that George Floyd was going to happen, that, that, that Brianna Taylor was going to happen. He knew all of those things were going to happen. God knew that in 2020, you were going to fall out with some of your friends. He knew that you were going to have to do the process of elimination. He knew that you would probably change your church. He knew that somebody in the church was going to hurt you. He knew that somebody was going to lose life. Because then I speak came in a time when the nation and the world was hurting. Then he said, now you're not essential. You can't go outside. You can't go to work. Go sit down and write this book. Make a vision board. Put it in April. And by November, this book is going to be done. And that's the way it happened. When he says it's time, just sit back and just do the time. Dedicate the time into getting it ready. Dedicating the time to get it ready. Uh-huh. That's good. And I'm glad you actually spoke about, you know, waiting for God to tell you when something is ready. So that way, you know, that when you hear his voice, then that mm-hmm. means that you need to be ready. Yes. Because once that door opens, mm-hmm. you can't move backwards. You can't tiptoe through the door because he's going to push you. And that push may be those people asking, well, your book, your book, your book. Remember when you talked about this book? Is that book coming? Like, it's just his pushes are so unconventional. Yeah. And they come in different forms. So that's taking us to our next topic, hearing God's instructions during the transition. Mm -hmm. So, and that's speaking to new perspective. So speak on that chapter of your book and how hearing God's voice through these transitional times from you writing the ideas in your journal and then you finally, you know, turn this into a book and then eventually you're going to go on a book tour. So talk about, you know, those transitional periods and how you stayed in tune with God's voice. That's the big, biggest thing that you have to be certain to do is to be able to stay in tune. And how do you stay in tune? Well, um, 
you keep a clear mind to be reacquaint yourself because what first of all you're not going to get that push and that call if you're out of alignment i want you to hear that if you are out of alignment you're not going to get that push because certain things that god calls us to you have to be trustworthy okay so don't you think that if you are a person that is always wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in something other than Jesus, that he's going to call you to do something great and magnificent that may affect his children? You see, when you are gifted with speaking to, ministering to, if you've been called to be a healing agent through your words, through your ministry or whatever, you have to be where God can speak to you, you know? And so, um, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you to, you know, because you can't be Mother Teresa. You, you, you just can't be. You, you are not uh, you're not sitting on the right hand side of Jesus. You're not the, a disciple or anything. They were still trying to strive to be like him. So I'm not saying that, you know, you have to be this perfect person because I am an imperfect person. I, you know, I, I have flaws like everybody else. But I do know one thing. I can hear from me some Jesus because I'm never going to put myself in a position that I cannot talk to or hear from my God, okay? And so I, I'm, I'm never a person of confusion. I don't um, invite confusion in my life and I certainly don't keep up confusion with others. I'm a person that genuinely loves God's people and I'm going to go out of my way to serve them because that's my calling. You see, I know I am a servant. And that's not an attractive title to most people, but that's what I am. And I have to, I don't have a choice not to be where I can hear him because the only other alternative is to put myself in a position where I cannot hear from him and he cannot and he will not use me. And then what that means, God has no use for me. I need to be always useful to God. You, you understand? And so when you are, putting yourself in the position to transition into your calling, you have to be available on the inside. You have to be available. There has to be room. You have to have the capacity to hold a gift. If you're too filled up with everything else but God, you don't have the capacity or room for his gift because you got it filled up with all other kind of garbage. Right. So, you know, um, the inspiration to write a book cannot fit in uh, somebody that's having an adulterous affair. Ain't no room for no gift. God's gift. When you got that in you. Ain't no room for it. You can't be thinking you're going to be oh laying on of hands and, and changing the world when you got somebody uh, 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 else's wife. Uh, 
in the dark place in the restaurant. You can't possibly have the capacity. Now, don't get me wrong. God uses whomever he will, but I'm here to tell you, if you want to be able to be effective in your calling, you better make room for the gift. You've got to make room for the gift. And some things that we're holding on to, we should have gave that stuff up a long time ago. A long time ago. Because we have to mature. We have to mature. And as mature Christians, and when I say mature Christians, I'm talking about people that are willing to make themselves available and ready for calling. And that's a big deal. That's a big undertaking to make yourself ready. And uh, so when we're talking about new perspective, all of these things that were happening to us in COVID, you know, when in, on the onset of COVID-19 and, and loss of jobs, loss of life, you're not essential anymore. You can't go anywhere. There's, you know, um, you know, quarantining, you have uh, curfews, all of these things. And the normal reaction is to become afraid, to become angry. And then that's the time when who we are as God's children, that's when, that's, that's when you can um, differentiate between a real soldier and a toy soldier. You may not be going to work, but you are an alive person with a pulse not going to work. So there's a chance that God is gonna restore you if you hold on. So you have to have that, that shift and that new perspective of um, knowing that God is coming. He didn't, he didn't spare me this because if he wasn't going to do anything for you, he would have allowed you to be one of those that didn't make it if he wasn't going to do anything for you. He didn't keep you around here um, and not give you hope, not give you something. And that the quote, Dr. Rama, I hear me, said, when your perspective Effective is defective. You cannot be effective. So you have to pivot. You have to change the way you're thinking. You have to change your outlook on how you're seeing the trouble that you seem to find yourself in right now. It's all in a mindset. You can't walk around here with a defective perspective and thinking all is going to be well, that you're going to be effective and that, 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 you know, God is going to give you this great gift when you're saying that you don't trust him. When you're saying that, you know, when am I going to get back to my new normal? He was saving you from that normal. You was fussing about that job when you were on it. You were, you, you, you were hating to go to that job. You were hating the situation that you were in at that church. You were hating all of those things. And now, because you got light money, you mad and you want to go back to it. That's because I'm going to tell you something. The, the situation of death that has happened during this time has been so, so devastating. If not for that and people not having money, you wouldn't be crying and dying 
emotionally about that. You wouldn't be worried about going to that job. But when people are in a situation of need, panic is so crucial. It's so the thing that paralyzes us the most. When we feel that we're going to lose this material stuff, we panic. When we know we can't provide for our families, we panic. And we're looking to God in a way of, we almost angry, we're almost mad because I was in a situation. When I was writing this book, I was going through. I was going through. I literally told God, there is no way that you like me right now. I did. And so... You know, you, you, you're human. You feel those feelings of anger. But, but here's the thing that I realize and that we all should realize is that when people are in a panic because their normal everyday grind has come to a halt, when, when these things happen to us, we better clearly, okay, get it out your system because you're human, but you better certainly pivot so that, you, so that God will know, okay, I still trust you. I still know that you're coming. So that you give God room to bless you. So that uh, a new should, a new perspective should cause us to value the gift of life, exercise mindfulness, be prayerful, loving, and aware. Be mindful not to be angry in this season. Or in a rush to get back to your old normal, which is what God was trying to deliver you from in the first place. Be prayerful that you may hear from God's instruction as he cultivates your new perspective during your transition. That was perfect. See, y'all, yeah. Every conversation I have with her, even with this, just talking about the book, it's nothing ever changes. Her conversations are always just, yeah, I love it. And that the perspective situation, I'm always, I'm always asking for more, but I don't have the capacity to hold it because mm -hmm. it's taken up by so many other things. So my prayer literally for year 29 is for God to deepen my capacity so mm -hmm. that I can accept what he has. Right. So that way my perspective can be a little more clear. I can think clearly on things, dieting from social media. And people don't understand that dieting is more than just the physical aspect. It's mental too. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Diet, yes, dieting from certain things, like you said, the social media, cleaning up our timelines, making sure we're seeing things that's going to feed into us and sow into us. Yes. So, and that definitely helps you hear God's voice clearly because you may see something that he himself may put into somebody else for them to put out there for you to see. Yes. So that was, see, I'm blessed already. We could just end the podcast right here. Mm -mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Oh my goodness. You, I love it. You know what? Um, one thing that, um, I mean, and I know, I mean, you guys are, you know, with your generation as opposed, you know, to, to mine, you guys were born into 
you know, this age of technology and things like that. And we had, you know, come along and figure it out. <laughs> but, but it, um, it makes us believe that if we're not on that digital rat race, that we're not accomplishing things and that, you know, we, we, we you know, we have to uh, get a daily all day dose of it and all of that kind of thing. And, and it's what, what it's going to take in order to, you know, make me successful in my business, in my brand and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Being on social media all day long, making all of these posts and all of that kind of thing. Honey, I, what I, what, well, this is what I know. It don't increase your book sales. It doesn't. Just because you doing that, that's not making people buy this or buy that and all of that kind of thing. If you really pay close attention to your branding and things like that, um, most time, the effort that you're putting into it, exhausting yourself, I'm, trust me, I know it from experience. It's not going to be that thing that's going to, you know, you're not going to hit a mother low with a click. You're not going to usually happen like that. You know, some things still take the old fashioned approach. I know that now they have stuffed all of this digital way of life down our throats. It is the way of the world and all of this kind of thing. But that also creates so much emotional and mental damage as well. Yeah. Because imagine when you, you think, and this is what you, you have to do, it's so much to learn about these platforms. And you can definitely be on them, but if you don't know how to use them effectively, you're just on them, you know? And because it's a method to it. It's, it's you know, and now you got to figure out what algorithms are and all this kind of stuff. You might be out there, you know, flopping like a fish doing all of this or whatever, and still, didn't nobody call you and ask you, ooh we, can you bring me a, a thousand t-shirts? Can, can you send me a thousand? Can, 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 can we order a book for the, you know, for our school? Can we order the book? for the, You're not getting these types of calls because it's still going to take cultivation, knowledge, and all of that to be able to use these things effectively. And, and, you, and you'll find yourself, oh, you know, I'm going to listen to this master class. I'm going to listen to that master class. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. Oh, <laughs> So, okay. Now that there, so we're still talking about transition. We're still talking about getting used to this new way of life, getting used to these new outlooks. So let's use the remaining of our time to talk about you know, life after. So the people who are listening and my people who went to PV, you all know who Dr. Giselle is, okay? So y'all already know about her, but the folks who don't know Dr. Giselle, Dr. Giselle was the most immaculate speech teacher at PV. And she was also um, a teacher of the, was it a screenwriting? A screenwriting course, right? Screenwriting visual comments in your capstone. Yes. So at PV, Dr. DeSalle, her classes would definitely turn into like a legit roundtable discussion, no matter what class she was teaching. And she would cultivate these same things that she's talking about in her book and to her students. And that made her the most 
like compatible, the most compassionate, empathetic professor ever. And college students need that. And we weren't getting that from a lot of other professors at all. So unfortunately, Dr. Giselle is no longer in the classroom. <laughs> she decided to give up the classroom, y'all, and be an author, which I'm not mad at her. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about that moment when you decided to leave the classroom. What made you want to make that decision to just, you know, step outside the box and leave that part of your life behind and pursue this newfound path? Well, when we make these uh, life-changing decisions about our professional lives, um, it, uh, it's not something that just happens overnight. It's, a, you know, it's a, an accumulation of things. It's um, different awakenings that you have. Mm -hmm. Because I never thought ever I mean, because teaching was one of the things that I wanted to do for so many years. And I love teaching with every fiber of my being. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I knew it was a big part of my ministry as well. It wasn't just, hey, teach a curriculum, get a check, go home. Because as you know, I poured my heart and soul into in my students. And, and you know, there were, you know, nights of, you know, long nights on campus because now, you know, I'm, you know, the uh, primary advisor of a student organization. So I'm speaking and I'm doing all of this stuff. And, and then I had this long drive to make from Prairie View back to Houston and everything. And so it, it meant a lot to me. But when it's time for you to transition, he will always, always give you the sign. He will set you up for transition. Whereas you in the, in the natural, I never thought, I never saw myself not wanting to be in the classroom. But when your seasons change, when God changes your seasons, he's going to give your heart other things to desire. So when we are thinking, oh my God, I could never not teach. And, and then you have people thinking, you resigned from the classroom? And, and then when I left, you know, uh, when I resigned from Prairie I went straight on to teach at Texas Southern and thinking, and here, here's my thing. And I'm thinking, but I do love this. And I, I just couldn't imagine just feeling that, that, that low in my heart about, you know, teaching and, and whatever. So, and then it was just this confirmation that God gave me when I, when I went to teach at uh, TSU, I remember my last class being by an elevator. I was teaching, think like I was teaching that class with one foot in the classroom and the other one on the elevator. It was time for me to get out of there and just go, right? And so, but that's when you know you 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 uh, you know that it's time for you to do the next thing that God has called you to be to do. And I love teaching, and I still love it. It's just that now God has given me a different platform, writing this book, and. Um, like I'm doing now, I'm still teaching. I just don't have to grade any final exams, right? I just don't have to, you know, you know, deal with all of that other stuff. Uh, you know, I don't have to do midterms and all of that kind of thing. But it's still a love that I have. And 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 so when I decided that when they offered me my contract and I and I looked at it on the computer and I prayed about it and I went to sleep and then I sent the email 
thank you for your continued um, consideration, but I'm going to have to take a much needed break away from teaching. And so from there, you know, I, you know, delved into, um, you know, a business that I, you know, a brand that I started and then, you know, writing the book or whatever. And it's just the thing that you just have to know when it is time. And there are, there are times that, and, and don't get me wrong, God could still give you that strong conviction and that call. And you know you have to answer it. You have to. But make no mistake about it. There'll, there'll be those times when God can call you and you, you, you can still take a job. You can still go to work. You will still do, do those things. But he's going to ha- have it where you've got to dedicate this time to this. I need you here. And, and that's what he did. He made certain that I was going to be available to do this. That he that he's called me, you know, to do, without any other distractions. And who's to say that God won't give me, you know, that push to say, okay, you know, I need you to go to this university. I need you to do this. He may still do that because it's still a gift that he gave me. And just because, you know, you may transition from a gift, God doesn't take it from you. You still have it. It's still it's still yours. And it's just that. I was just, you just have to be brave enough to hear and to move because I'm going to tell you what happens when you don't. When you think that you can stay and make, you know, and and when it's time to go, it doesn't fit you anymore. It doesn't feel the same anymore. You have a, a, a dread or something like that. And when you try to force it because, you know, I got to have this because this is my job and, and I want to hold on to this because, you know, you're wrapped up in your titles and your positions and all of that kind of thing. Trust me, when you don't move, when he commissions you to move, you'll have to move and then it won't be so pretty. It won't be, you know, you will have other stuff that's, you know, that's lying in, in the pad that you don't want him to have to do a hostile takeover, right? Because when he has to force you to do it, then, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to stay until they felt a need to, you know, to, to I, you know, something bad had to happen. Like, you know, I, I don't, you know, and I was falling asleep on the freeway and stuff like that. You know, I don't want that type of thing to happen in order for me to say, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to go. You don't want a, a, a blemished professional uh, a portfolio before you you leave. I have a spotless, you know, um, you know, work reputation. My files are are, are you know impeccable. Well, you, you know, you want to do that when you're commissioned to do that because you don't want to bring on the trouble and the problems that he will allow to come in your life when you don't want to adhere to when it's time to move. And that's... <laughs> y'all listen see so she she left the classroom but she just turned you know the outside world into her classroom she's still teaching yes. but she's just not confined to four walls right so right. see i love it and just imagine how easy it is i mean because you know how i show up in the classroom yeah <laughs> you imagine uh just dressing up the top and having on funny socks <laughs> Yes, that's the thing. See, y'all. Okay, Dr. Giselle always had on a pair of heels, no matter 
what day it was when she was teaching in these classrooms child she always had old heels you never seen her without a pair of heels walking from hillier to the juvenile justice building for these courses and she did it with ease like it was just it was just nothing nothing so so this is this is a this is a beautiful classroom i'm in the comfort of my home can push a button and can teach and can teach and just Go on back in there and uh, get my remote control. Yes, see the life moving forward. Yes, I love it. And also, <laughs> let's talk about the being an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. let's talk about this popcorn business. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so, it's so funny. Um, when I, I started that brand and everything, just yesterday, I was called to a meeting you can um, start something so great. I mean, you know, they featured popping off. That's the brand popping off. Mm-hmm. Gourmet popcorn. They featured it on TV. All of this stuff is, you know, when you know brands like Macy's call for you, the Rockets. All of this stuff, and it was just great. Uh, you know, doing that and 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 the way you know it's a funny story. The way it transpired and everything, and and I love the brand, and 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 everybody you know loved it. And then yesterday, I, I you know I got the call the day before, and so I had this meeting. Well, they're wanting to, it is really, really weird, but they're wanting to take popping off to other countries. And so I was just floored that, you know, it's like, we don't want to change anything, your branding and everything. We love it. And, you know, and so then, you know, and so, you know, we'll be writing up things or whatever. And so the, the one thing is that, wherever whatever country it goes into then you know they have to fly me there and so that I can teach the people the formula and everything because I'm not going to be making and shipping nothing <laughs> I'm going to train fly me there do all of that and this is what this is how this has to happen and so this you know funny you would ask me about that brand but that's you know that's the the meeting and the talks that we had just yesterday and uh, so I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. I'm really, really excited about that. And so, and and then the the aspect of, you know, entrepreneurship with, um, you know, you know, with the book and everything. I mean, you know, it's 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 just another, you know, portion of you know a business. And so, um, it has its trying moments as any business does. And but you know the dedication that. That, you know that it takes you just have to be committed you know to it I mean it's what you're called to it's a part of who you are and you have to own it and you have to nurture it and you have to be uh, faithful to it and you know and evolve when it's time for you to change to um, add another layer onto your brand be committed to it because that's the only way that it grows is that you have to change with it and be willing to change with it. And so that, that's, you know, that, that would be what's happening, you know, with me and uh, the entrepreneurship. So. Yes. That's amazing. I still, I miss your popcorn and I don't know. I forgot which one it was. What's the H town mix? The trill mix. <sighs> I'm just, I'm going to need you to you just, can you make me a bag, please? <laughs> You ain't gonna make me a lot of these good people. <laughs> these good church folk. Yeah, when I say her popcorn 
it's amazing. If she ever decides to go back into the storefront business and open this shop back up, y'all have to stop by and try this trail mix that she has. And then her rainbow mix is different from any other rainbow mix I've ever had. I don't know what kind of sugar and spice she's putting in these recipes. But um, yes, <laughs> the cravings, y'all. I could just, I could taste them right now, okay? And it's always fresh. When I was there one day, she was making the popcorn. Her and her daughter was making the popcorn and stuff in my face. I'm like, child, it's just, listen, from a teacher to an entrepreneur, now she's an author. What else are you going to do after yourself? Come on now, like. Actually, what's uh, coming up next, this is a thing that we're uh, working on. I will be um, launching uh, I Speak with Michelle DeSalle podcast is in the making now. <laughs> Yes, so um, the uh, the execs were working on that. I will be um, doing my podcast out of the um, uh, Sphere TV, and so I am uh, excited about that. So that's what's coming next, and so we'll you know you know spin off of you know the book, and we will have. Uh, with the podcast, some amazing people that have gone on this I Speak journey, you know to. Um, to share their their you know their their progress, their stories, their insight. We have some amazing people that will uh, come through and um, just shed some light on empowering people to use their voices, understand and know the power in their voice, and you know go on that journey to um, get to your authentic self. And so I'm excited, really, really excited uh, about that. And so. Stay tuned. <laughs> yes, y'all heard it here first, child. She coming out with a podcast. So if you thought that this conversation was everything, I can only imagine what this podcast is going to bring to the people because we need it. So these podcasts be getting people through. They need to hear good word from people who they can relate to. And it's a word that's not sugarcoated. Right. So that's the thing. So we're keeping it genuine. We're keeping it candid. We're just putting it all out there because this is the season for healing. We ain't got time to be holding on to these, these old little stories, these old feelings. We need to clear it all out, deepen your capacity so God can continue to enlarge in you. Right. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Basically, y'all, that is it for this episode. Tune in next Thursday for our season finale. Can y'all believe it? 10 episodes. Oh, amazing. That is amazing. I'm so, that is a big deal. <laughs> she got a season under her belt. <laughs> 10 episodes and that will be it for the first season of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. It seems like I just launched this like literally. Right. It's, it's, oh my God. 10 episodes already. But thank you all so much for joining me this week for another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. It was a blast speaking to Dr. DeSalle. And to keep up with her, be sure to follow her on Instagram at Michelle DeSalle. And that is the same exact name as her Facebook as well, okay? So Michelle DeSalle, I'm gonna spell it out for y'all. First name, Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Last name, DeSalle, D-E-S. E-L-L-E, okay? That is on Instagram and Facebook. And also be sure to support her book, I Speak, by purchasing it from Amazon.com or her personal website, michelledesell.com, okay? 
Be sure to also follow the Unconventional Christian Podcast on Instagram at Unconventional Christian Pod and like us on Facebook at the Unconventional Christian Podcast, okay? And be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast throughout the week, okay? While you're at it, if you have found value in this show, I would gladly appreciate it if you would leave a rating or a review and tell me how I am doing, okay? And be sure to tune in next Thursday for our final episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast, okay? And until next time, you all, this is Phoenicia. Later. Thank you.